Good morning. Good to see everybody. I want to welcome you this morning. Faith Community Church, if you're a guest with us this morning, we invite you to take a moment to fill out the connection card that'd be right in front of you. And uh, also you can text the number that's on the screen, just uh, text CONNECT, and that'll lead you to our digital connection card. We want to make a connection with you following the service. Come see me at the welcome desk. We have a gift for you as you've joined us for worship today. And um, also if you have a prayer request, feel free to text that number on the screen. Otherwise, you can also fill that out in the connection card as well. If anybody has a prayer request, feel free to do that. And um, at that point, we just want to stand with you in prayer this week as you've submitted that. Uh, would you stand with me this morning as we read from God's Word to start our worship service this morning? I'm reading from our psalm for today. It's Psalm 92. The Bible says, It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, O Lord. I sing for joy at the works of your hand. How great are your works, O Lord! How profound are your thoughts! The senseless man does not know. Fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they will forever be destroyed. But you, O Lord, are exalted forever. For surely your enemies, O Lord, surely your enemies will perish, and evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured upon me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, and they will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will, be, they will still bear fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming, The Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in Him. Will you bow your heads in prayer with me as we begin this service? Father, we thank You that you are our rock. God, we thank you that we can come to you and worship freely in this place, lifting up the name of Christ. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move amongst us, speaking to our hearts, speaking to our needs, speaking to the things that, that you know each person and circumstances in this room. Father, we thank you for uh, the Word of God, and as we dig into the Word today, we pray that our hearts would be ready to receive, not just listen, but ready to apply what it is that you have to say. So, Father, we pray over Pastor Lance as he brings the Word this morning. We pray for your anointing over him, and we thank you for him. Father, we also pray for LifeGate as they're wrapping up their service right now. We pray for a powerful ministry upon what's taking place there, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is working and people's hearts and lives, and we thank you for what's taking place there. Lord, we commit this time to you. This is your time, and we want to meet with you and lift up the name of Christ. And we thank you for this now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pastor Lance, come on up here, buddy. I'm excited. He's got a word for us today. There he is. Yes. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to just launch right into this. Lance is going to be in John chapter 17 as we continue in our series called The Upper Room. And so will you bow your heads with me as we pray? 
Father, I thank you for the word that you've placed on Lance's heart. And God, as he presents this word, I pray that it would flow from him and there would be no hindrance. And so, Lord, we pray that by your spirit, you would move in this place. And we want to exalt your word. We want to exalt Christ. And Lord, help us to know how to do that through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you, Russell. So, a couple quick questions for you guys. One, how many of you guys have ever disagreed with somebody? Right? Come on now. Yes. Um, it went pretty well, I'm sure. We all disagree, and, you know, we all even-tempered. And I know for me, I'm a very cool-tempered guy. And uh, that's not the truth. If you ask my wife, she will tell you differently. And if you ask my brothers, see, I can remember a time... Back when it was, I was in college, and uh, see, my brothers and I, we would fight, but see, I'm a little bigger than my family. Um, there's a picture here of my family, and you see, my brothers, we all look the same in height, but as you can tell, I am significantly larger. So, of course, the fighting matches or the arguing was always two on one, and I'll let you figure out who was the one. Um, yeah, so it was always fun because we'd always make sure that I would always win. Um, but I remember we were playing hockey, and I'm a huge hockey fan for those that don't know that. And we're at the ice rink, and on the way there, we're kind of dividing up teams. We knew who would be there. We knew who one of our friends, and uh, a couple of our friends are larger like me, and we can hit each other, and we have fun. And I remember going in, and every time the puck would go into the side by the, on the boards there, it would always be a fight, like, all right, who's going to get the puck and who's going to check the, their brother and him hard? Well, my brother saw an open opportunity to come hit me. And uh, as you can imagine, when they hit me, it was nice and gentle and soft. And I was like, thank you guys for taking it easy. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, it ended up in uh, some very much of a, a physical fight. And even though we were just a bunch of guys playing hockey, man, how, how it shaped our mindset and that anger rises up, and just as a team, even, I knew my teammates had my back, and I knew my brothers had each other's backs, and the unity that was there was incredible. Uh, my friends and I, we would always, if one of us got checked, then we'd always, it would end up in like an all-out wrestling match on the ice, which was interesting, because on ice skates, you tend to fall a lot. So, for the rest of the game, I was mad at them. And on the way home, things were said that created a huge division in our relationship. You see, it's times like that to where, as brothers, we weren't really unified. And I remember my mom, she would always get mad at us when we would come home arguing and yelling at each other. And we are in college, and it was just interesting because my mom would be like, really, guys? Like, you're going to fight over a hockey game? It's like, yeah, we were, Mom. Okay, get over it. Um, but I want to take you to a passage about unity, and, and that's the... The title of uh, my message today is Unity in Christ. And you see, in this passage, to kind of set the stage, Jesus is praying in the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. And before that, uh, he's, he's down there. He knows he's going to get betrayed. And before we get to our passage, he, he gets done praying for the cup to pass from him. Okay, He gets done praying like, all right, you know what? Father, if you don't want me to die... I don't really want to die, but have this cup pass by me because 
I don't want to do it. And then he goes into praying for his disciples, those closest to him. And then he takes it to praying for us. And in his last words, he, he thinks about us. He knows who we are. And I think that's cool. Now, this prayer is different than the Lord's Prayer. We all know the Lord's Prayer. Um, this prayer is straight from Jesus' heart, talking about us and who we are. Now, he, in the garden, was probably kneeling or, or sitting and resting, and he's looking up towards heaven. So we can see that in the scripture, as we read it, it burdens his heart, and that his heart is burdened for us. So open up your Bibles, if you haven't already, to John 17, 20 through 26. Verse 20 says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for, who, also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be, that they'll all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they, will, then they can see all the glory you have given me because you loved me even before the world began. O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. Now, I know that's kind of confusing, the in them, me and you. We'll break that down a little bit. So, his heart is burdened for us. We see in the, in the first two verses there that he, he wants us to be unified in him. So, he spent... Three years with the disciples, okay, a little more. And he spent this time with them, and he loved them. He loved them so dearly. Like, those are his brothers. We see that in another part of Pat, uh, in the scriptures here. But he doesn't just stop praying for them. He prays for us, and for us to be unified in him. I like the wording, that they may be one, just as you are in me, and I am in them. What does it mean? See, Jesus is talking with the Father, that how the Father lives in him. See, if you've accepted Christ into your life, which most of us have, and if you haven't today, it can be your day. And he's saying to his Father, like, Father, I know you live in me, and we accept Christ into our hearts. The Holy Spirit comes into us, and Jesus fills our lives and radically changes us. See, he wants us to be with him because the Father came to us, so now, if you're a believer, you are with him. See, we should be unified in Christ above all else. If he lives in us, then we will follow his teaching, which his teachings are the word. But most importantly, we will help other people to see who Jesus is. We'll help people to see what Jesus is doing in our lives by the way we live. When we are unified in Christ, we allow for him to radically transform our lives to then go out and transform other people's lives. That's what we're called to do. 
See, God has made us to be with each other in unity. This is why we're called Christians. In the beginning of time, he gave man a helpmate. He says that it was not good for man to be alone, and you can look at this a couple different ways. I want to focus on the way, though, of this mindset real quick. You see, he, he saw that man couldn't do life alone. He saw that man wasn't adequate enough to do it by himself. So he gave us a wife for us guys, but even further yet, like, he wants us to be together. He doesn't call us as Christians to, to take ourselves and to isolate ourselves in those hard times. He doesn't call us as Christians to walk this journey alone, but he calls us to walk it with him. He says that we should live with him. We allow him into our lives. We allow him to come and take part of every part of our lives. There's a quote in my office on the wall. It says, to be 99% known is unknown. It's to be unknown. You see, what's that 1% that you're holding on to? That 1% that you say, you know what, God? You can have everything else, but the secret part in my life that no one else knows about, I'm going to keep it to myself. To be 99% known is to be unknown. So give him that 1%. Allow him to be, allow yourself to be unified with him in that 1%. So you're not just living in that 99. Give him everything. See, he doesn't want the 99, right? He wants the 1. He goes after the 9. He leaves 99 to go after the 1. He's, going, he's leaving your 99% that you've given him to go after that 1% that you won't. Because he wants all of you. He doesn't want a little bit. We should strive to give him the whole thing. That way we will be in full unity with him. And if we surrender all of our life to him, that's when we are able to live in full unity. Not allowing the sins and patterns of this world to take a hold of our lives any longer. Romans 12, 2 says that the sins and the patterns of this world, that we should forget them and just ultimately let them die. Like, don't live in those anymore. Allow God to transform your mind so in that way you can live in what he has for you. For some of us, it's not easy to let go. For some of us, it's happened in the church building. There's been hurts and burdens. For some of us, when the, when the services gets a little shaked up, people don't follow our plan. Maybe they didn't do enough hymns. Maybe they did too many hymns. For some of us, that's our 1%. We hold so tightly to, to what we want, our desires, our plans. And we allow that to, to divide the church. We don't allow it us to, to say, you know what, God, whatever your plan is, I'll do it, and I'll follow you. Sometimes in church we can do that. Sometimes in church we can say, you know what, the message, it really didn't do anything for me today. But when we allow Satan and the enemy to creep in to our lives and tell us lies and false lies like that, it starts to divide us as a church. It starts to divide us to where the enemy starts to... to Speak little whispers into our lives. I want to look at how we're doing as a church. Are we being unified as a church? When people walk into our church, do they see what it looks like to be in the body of Christ? How we act towards each other? It should be different than how the world acts towards each other, right? We should show love, compassion, unity. As believers in Christ followers... We need to make a point to show what the church is supposed to look like. See, this is just a church building. Christ calls us to be the church. 
He calls us to be the church. We are the church. So when we go into the world, we, as Christ followers, should be unified as a church. If we can't be unified in the church, how are we supposed to be unified outside the church? Take that one step farther. Is the enemy more unified than the church? That's a scary thought, right? Because if the enemy is more unified than the church, man, we're, we're failing it. We're failing for what Jesus called us to do. I don't believe he is. And I hope, he, he, I hope he's not. But look at the disciples, man. If they weren't unified, the good news wouldn't have spread. If the disciples didn't decide, you know what, we're going to go out and preach the good news of who Jesus is. We wouldn't be sitting here today, right? Disciples would have just said, you know what, today, you know what, I'm just not feeling it. We talked about this in youth group a couple times. Like, you know what, to go out and make disciples, you have to wake up every day and do it. You can't just stop. Every day you make that decision to wake up and proclaim the good news of who Christ is. If the disciples said, you know what, Jesus, today I'm tired, let's go fishing. Like, man, what would have happened? Take this image with you. The human body has multiple parts, right? You know, we have eyes, a stomach, hands, toes, livers, kidneys. I'm not a biologist, so I'm going to stop there. Um, but we each, each, body, has, or each um, body has a million different cells, millions of cells working in them to make a body. You see, sometimes in the church we have our own agendas, or sometimes in our workplace or in the world we have our own agendas of what we want to do. It's like the hand over here is like waving, like, hey, how you doing? Well, this hand over here is in the pocket, like, don't want to talk to you. I don't want to see you. You see, we have two different things going, and in our lives, if we're in church, like, praising Jesus, God, you are so holy, you're so mighty, but in the world... We have our hands in our pockets like, I'm going to just keep them to myself. You know what? I'm not an outgoing person. I don't feel like doing that today. We're living this, this two different kind of lifestyles. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 13. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, just as it is with Christ. For all were baptized by one spirit as to form one body, rather Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we're all given one spirit to drink. See, we also now need to be unified as the body of Christ. In your workplaces, you have to be unified as the body. Because, you see, when we're unified in the body as a whole in this world, we show God's love to everybody else. We show people what Christ calls us to do, how he loves us and how we should love others. The world doesn't know him, therefore we need to make him known to people. I love that, that passage in verse 25. Righteous Father, though the world doesn't know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that your love... that the. the that you love me, that you may be in them, and that I may be in them. I know I messed that up in there. Forgive me. My eyesight's going bad. Um, in our world, we have to be different. 
The body of Christ has to look different than the world. We can't be out there doing destruction. We can't be out there you know, talking bad about people. We can't be out there doing what the world wants to do. This week, as you go, I want you to remember, and I'm not wrapping it up yet, so as we go out, that we should follow God's command for his church and to do his work, that we'll show the world what it means to be unified in Christ and as a body. See, we must first be one in Christ, and then we need to be unified as a body of believers. But lastly, we also need to be unified as the church. As a church. So that the world can see and know him. See, if we are Christians, we must unify as a Christ follower. We can't let differences of opinion divide us. The enemy wants to drum up emotions. And he wants to deceive us. He doesn't want unity in the church or in the body or in Christ because that's when he loses. If we are unified as a family, we win. You see, as a body of believers, it can be hard, right? I may not agree with, with Pastor Russ on some certain things, like the way he cuts his hair. I may not agree with that. I think he should go completely bald, you know? It just is what it is. Bald is beautiful. Come on now. Um, likewise, I may not agree with, you know, with the car Pastor Niles drives, or better yet, like, maybe I don't agree with, with something that, you know what? He always wears a suit, and I don't feel adequate enough to wear a suit up here to preach, so I'm going to just let that out there now, like... I'm not a suit guy, so I was like, polo and khakis today, great. So some of the things, I don't disagree with him on the suit. I want to also put that out there. I'm going to keep moving on. So we may disagree on stuff, and that's okay, because when we disagree, we can still be unified. You see, Republicans and Democrats, they disagree on a lot of stuff, right? Can I get an amen in here? Yeah. See, they disagree, but yet if there were Christians, we have that one unity in Christ. In your workplace, you may not like someone. There may be people in your workplace that you don't get along with, that you rub shoulders with, that you're always butting heads. But when we are unified in Christ, that's when we win. Because we share that same unity. We share that same Christ. Look at verse 21. That all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. See, he's asking the Father to unify us as a, as a family with God our Father and our believers as brothers and sisters. Matthew 12, 49 through 50 states, pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my brother, here, here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and my mother. See, he was in a place to where he was born. Like, the disciples were like, Jesus, your brother and your mother, they're out there. He's like, no, 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 no. Whoever does my will and the Father's will, no, that, that's my brother and that's my mother. You see, he calls us to be brothers and sisters in Christ. He calls us to be unified in him, to be brothers and sisters. When we believe in his name and we do his teaching, then we are part of his family. When we do what he calls us to do and we believe in him, we are part of his family. So let's start acting like it. How can we go out and bring the lost people, the people that don't know who Christ is, the people who we see in our workplaces, who we see in our communities that 
may not know who Christ is, how can we go out as Christians and bring them in to know who Christ is? Because that's what we're called to do. When we are in unity with Him and we live a life that shows who He is, that's how we can win those people over to Christ. That's how we can help them to enter into a relationship with Him. Are we living and being part of a body of believers that want to add to the numbers daily or that want to see the numbers stay the same? As a church, what is our kingdom impact? Are we willing to go out and do the hard work? Are we willing to welcome people into our church and into our homes that don't look like us, don't act like us, maybe don't share some of the same values as us? Are we willing to go out and make that declaration say, I love them because Christ loves me, that I'm going to bring them to know Christ. And I'm going to love them the way Christ would. I want to just end with this. You know, there's, there's some of us that we need to reconcile with. Some people that, for me, it was my brothers in that time, and our relationship still isn't the greatest. Now we have fun once in a while when we're together. Now we're all spread out across the United States. In fact, I have a brother um, who's on, in Philadelphia. And then you get us in Iowa. My other brother's in Michigan, my sister. And so we're spread out. We don't talk as much as we probably could or should. But to be reconciled with someone is to lay down your pride and to say, you know what, I was wrong. You know what, this hurt me when you said this, when you did this. But I want to make it right because... Christ calls us to live together in unity. For some of you guys, there may be someone this week that has hurt you, that's wronged you, that you feel like you can't trust them. Who do you need to reconcile with this week? Who in your life is Christ calling you to forgive? Better yet, take a step further. Who in your life is Christ calling you to go out and to walk with? Who's that lost person that you're going to seek? Who's that person in your workplace, in your community that you want to see to come and know Jesus? Verse 24 states this, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. To not go out, to not seek the lost, to not bring the lost people to Christ. Man, to keep Christ to yourself. How selfish. Don't you want your brothers and your sisters, your friends, your co-workers, people in your community to live forever in unity with Christ? I know I do. It's not always easy. It's not. Some family members of mine I, I struggle with. There's some family members that I'm like, you know what? It's really hard to love them, God. But I know you call me to, to do it. So I'm good enough. If you are in this room and you are not a believer yet, I want to encourage you to take that step today. I want to encourage you to get right with God today. I want to encourage you to take that initiative to be with Him forever. Because he wants to be with you forever. He loves you so much that he wants to be with you forever. Make sure that you know where you will be. He prayed for you, so now it's your turn to take that step of faith. 
and allow his prayer to take hold of your life. Give God all that you have. Some of us here today have been struggling with that 1%. Give it all to him. Give it all to him. Worship team, if you can come back up as we get ready, um, I believe for communion and all that. Whatever you're struggling with today, I want to encourage you to, we'll have the prayer team on the side during communion. Allow them to pray with you. Allow them to pray for you, to intercede on behalf of you, for, to pray with you. If you have that 1% that you need to let go, let go of it today. The altar will be open during communion. When you come, get right with God. Allow Him to make you right. I want to pray real quick, and then uh, we'll close it out. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for who You are. God, thank You how powerful and how great and how mighty You are. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Jesus, I want to thank you for praying for us. Lord, I pray that as we go into this world, that, Lord, we show unity in who you are. That, Lord, we show unity in what you're doing in our lives and what you've done in our lives, Father. Lord, continue to help us to seek and to save the lost. Continue to help us, Lord, to go out and to proclaim your name and to make disciples. Father, help us to be those people that are loving our neighbors as you have loved us. Father, for some some of us in here that have may never taken that step, Lord, my prayer today is that, Lord, that they pray along with me. Father, that I am a sinner. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me of all my, my hardships, my iniquities. Jesus, I give you all of my life. God, I want to serve you with everything I have. God, come into my life and transform my life radically for you. So that your teaching may take hold of my life. Jesus, I thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. Jesus, I thank you for how you've saved me from my sins. Now, Lord, I commit my life to you fully and wholeheartedly to follow and to chase after you. Father, I pray that as we come here to worship, that Lord, we bow down our pride, that we cast away everything that we have, Lord, and that we just glorify you. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.